Thank you for listening to episode 98 of the Comics First podcast. I'm your host, Comics First CEO, and we are talking about The Gifted with gifted actor who plays Polaris, a.k.a. Lorna Dane on the show, Ms. Emma Dumont. Emma, thank you so much for being here. Yes, thanks for having me. I can't wait. I love talking about Lorna. I'm obsessed with her. You're in the perfect place because we are so obsessed with Lorna. (laughs) Great. Fantastic. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so for those people who aren't listening, and, you know, most people listening are X-Men fans, which in case anyone needs a refresher... In case you don't know, Polaris was either like the sixth or seventh member of the X-Men going all the way back to the 1960s. She was later revealed to be the daughter of Magneto, which isn't too big of a stretch considering they both have the same power set control over metal. I think we did like a two or three hour podcast about Polaris. So if you want to hear that or want to hear more interviews like this, original articles, web comics, videos, uh, be sure to check out comicsfirst.com. And if you aren't watching The Gifted Monday Nights on Fox, I really can't condone what you're doing with your life. So you should uh, uh, definitely do it. Emma, is it, if it's cool with you, I just totally want to dive right in. And I kind of want to bring up like all the stuff that Lauren is going through in the beginning of the season because it was so heart-wrenching to watch. Yes, it was crazy. It was like nuts. It almost was like, I felt like, because our thing is like, we want to do right by the original mythology. But then I felt like they just like threw her in everything I watched. She's mentally <laughs> ill. She's it's taken prisoner. This and that. She almost killed someone. Like, it's like, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was going to, how do you even prepare for those kind of scenes? I mean, because Lorna does get put through the ringer in the comics, but man, they really, they did it in like the first two episodes. You know, I, I can't imagine those are like easy mornings for you. No, it was crazy. I mean, it's so interesting. And I think uh, it's really smart that Matt Nix, our showrunner, did that, actually, because the reason Polaris, or Lorna, is the way she is is because of everything she's been through. So it was smart to get that out of the way early in the series because it changes who she is. If she was just, like, the happy-go-lucky, like, sweet little girl that, like, Bobby tripped on the on the ice in, like, her first appearance like nobody wants to watch that people want to watch the crazy Lorna and I hate using the word crazy because I think people get that confused with her actual mental illness but I mean it in like a positive way like she's awesome she's a badass so yeah it was like how do I get prepared for those um straight up if I'm going to be honest for some of the scenes I I just have to think about like my feelings on the current political climate and it makes me really angry and that's how I do the scenes I did a scene with Reed Strucker where we're sitting in uh like parallel jail cells and basically I tell him or Lorna tells him like hey dude I'm sorry you suck and you just realized you're a Nazi just now but you don't get a free pass because of that like nobody's gonna forgive you so um I think it's like pretty easy for me to get into that mindset considering Again, the current political climate in the U.S. So, um, yeah, I mean, those jail scenes were insane. I mean, I would just go to work and scream scream my head off for 18 hours a day. Um, right. <laughs> and then go home, sleep for four hours, and get up and do the same thing. But they were great, and I, it, was, it was amazing. And I, I, a lot of the stuff I got to do with myself, which was, which was very isolating and, and kind of was cool to play off of once I was reunited with the rest of the cast. Are you one of those actors who can kind of walk away at the end of the day or does all that stuff kind of stick with you? I mean, you're obviously super passionate about what's going on politically, which is, of course, super unfortunate. And thank God we're doing this interview today so I don't have to watch CNN and what's going to happen in Alabama because I'm terrified. Oh, right. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's funny because normally I can walk away, but with this role, I feel myself not walking away at all. I just feel so... It's funny, like, we'll, I'll be on set and Sean Teal and I will be, I mean, political stuff and serious stuff aside, Sean and I will be talking, he plays Eclipse, we'll be talking and, like, discussing our characters and he'll be like, blah, 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 I think that, you know, Lorna would do this. And I'll be like, Lorna doesn't give a <laughs> F. Lorna doesn't care. I'll just be like, Lorna, this is how Lorna feels. Like, I find myself just believing the same things that Lorna does, which is so weird. And, like, and then uh, our writers will be like, I remember one of our writers, Mike, was like, he said something to me and I was like, wait, are you talking about Mir or Polaris? And he was like, I don't know. Is there a difference? Like, <laughs> it's just like, it's, yeah, I'm very, I'm very passionate about her and her beliefs and, and what she stands for. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not easy to put it away at the end of the day. I mean, the last show I worked on was about Charles Manson oh, and you know, that stuff was super tragic and, and very dark as well. But because, because my character was fictional and because it happened in the past, I, I sort of, I sort of could, could put it away um, at the end of the day. But with this, it's like, it's not in the past. This is now. This is exactly today, right this second, is what we're dealing with. You know, like, there's a reason Sentinel Services is called the SS. There's, you know, like, like it's just, it's it's crazy. I mean, yeah, you watch our show and you see a family, a, a little kid get his parents taken away and sent off to a, a, a mutant facility center. Here you see a, a child get his parents taken away and sent um, sent across the border. I mean, it's just like, 
hello, people, what are we talking about? <laughs> so, yes, it's not super easy to let it go, but sometimes you have to. And I think it just makes uh, shows like The Gifted even more important given how tumultuous the environment is. And, you know, uh, with the rise of the alt-right, I hate to say it, but when I watch The Gifted, I'm like, you know, I don't know how far off this is from reality. And it's, it terrifies me. I can only imagine what it's like acting in it. Yeah, no, it's it's exactly what's happening in reality. It's like not. I remember there was a scene. It's a flashback that's coming up in the last three episodes, and it's with uh, Clarice Blink, and she is at some place, and there was a mob of anti-mutant like protesters, and there was a point that in the script they were written to be holding tiki torches. So like we're not hiding it. I don't know if we ended up using them or not, but we're not hiding the fact that this runs parallel to real life events. I mean, we're like say we're like making it as clear as possible so yeah it is tragic but also on the other hand it's tragic that we're in that current state but also if our show's playing in a house where like bigotry's a thing like kids can't help but that they're raised in like in a family where they prejudge and 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 they're bigots like they can't help it they can't those kids that belong to like neo-nazis can't help that they were raised in that so if a little kid like sees this in their living room one monday night and is like wait maybe that's not a good thing to be mean to these people i mean that would be worth it alone if one kid who was raised in that environment that horrible hateful environment sees our show and is like hey maybe i don't believe what my parents believe in that is worth all of it. That's worth everything. Oh, man. And that is so beautifully said. And what I love about that is it really captures the spirit of the X-Men comics. Because I think if you spoke to Chris Claremont, who wrote you know X-Men from 1975 to well into the 90s, you know he would say that that was kind of what he was trying to accomplish, too. And I think the show just takes that further. And, and, and it's really so awesome, and it's trying to do that. And I think, I think it's just what draws people to it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah, the whole thing of the X-Men is like being what it's like being an outcast, being the other. And in, in the adult world, that's about being an, a minority and experience, you know, like hate crimes. But in, in the kid world, that's just about like loving each other and accepting and like standing up to bullies. And, and even if you're different, even if you have like something different about you, like maybe you have a learning disability or maybe you have like, you know, maybe where you, you wear glasses or maybe, you know, you have bright red hair and nobody else in your school does. Whatever that is, that makes you special and unique. Whatever your gift or mutant ability is, that's something to be celebrated and not not to be ashamed of. So I think, you know, what I have always loved about uh, Marvel and the X-Men universe is like, it, it it's generational. It means something totally different to like a five-year-old or a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old than it does to like a 35-year-old or a 40-year-old and then like a 50-year-old do something different. So it's, it's just, it, and that's what I love about our show. It, it's something that everyone, I mean, Stephen Moyer, our, our, uh, who plays Reed Strucker, he, he always says, like, this is the only show I've ever worked on that my entire family can watch. And he has four-year-olds, uh, teenagers, and then him, him and his wife. So wow. that's really cool. And I think, it, it, you know, the X-Men world, it's, it's more than just fun fiction. It means something. Absolutely. And, and speaking about bullying, which is kind of in everyone's mind, given that video about that, that boy in Tennessee, which came out yesterday, which is super powerful. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, and extremely sad. Especially sad that that kind of stuff is still going on now after Columbine. It, it just, it, I, I don't understand it at all. But Polaris, you know, she takes that, there's that scene in the shower, and she deals with so much bullying from the other prisoners even, and it really shows the hierarchy in the prison. But there's that scene uh, where she takes a shower and her hair uh, kind of is revealed to be green. And I thought it was such a profound moment because not only did Lorna seem so, or, or you seem so vulnerable there, but it, it was like the, it was like it was revealing her soul kind of, and then everyone staring at her after. And I, I just kind of wanted to ask what that moment was like, both for you as an actor and for Lorna, which I, I think we're learning now is kind of the same thing. Yeah, sorry, I'm like crying right now. <laughs> sorry, oh, I'm no. just like getting emotional as you're describing it. Oh, I'm oh, so sorry. Oh my gosh, um, I am such a dork. No, you're no, not because um, you know what you yeah, did that you no, gave that. you gave that to us. You gave that to all of us. What you're what, and we're so thankful for that because. You know, I, I'm, oh. you know, because, you know, I was that fat gay kid in school who got bullied. And, you know, when you see a scene like that and like I remember being in the shower and my fat self was out and everyone was making fun of me. And, you know, what you're going through right now, you gave that to us. And that's the most beautiful, selfless thing an artist can do. So so thank you. Oh, oh my gosh. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, that scene is maybe my, my favorite Polaris scene of, of the whole season. Um, and it's a direct homage to, you know, paying homage to the original, uh, the, the original scene where she, Polaris gets out of the shower. I forget what issue it is, but she gets out of the shower and her hair is green. And Bobby's like, why is your hair green? She's like, well, I, I covered it up because I, I'm a sh- like not ashamed of who I am, but I, I have to protect myself and I don't want people to know I'm a mutant. So being in a place where she, somebody literally basically tried to kill her and her own unborn child. I mean, let's admit it. It wasn't like, those weren't, those weren't 
soft blows that they were giving her. It's really, I think it was really, I think it took a lot of guts. And I think it took a lot of just everything she has in her. I mean, in that moment, you can only imagine everything that's running through her head. I, I personally don't know our Lorna's, um, how her powers manifested, but in, in the comics, her powers manifested and she killed both her parents. Yes. Um, you know, and our Lorna was, was, uh, has gone through so much with her mental illness, with being different, with, with being like ashamed for who she is. And so all of those things, I think we're running through her head in that moment in that shower. Cause she could have made a choice then and there. I mean, either way she's going to shower, something's going to come out, but the, the choice was to like shampoo her hair and actually get that stuff out of there. I mean, knowing that all these girls like, and some of them, the girls who already tried to beat her up uh, would see that. And, you know, it's kind of like, it was the moment where Lorna really became Polaris. I, I see it where she sort of just said, F it. I mean, what do I believe in? What am I going to do? What hide for the rest of my life? I mean, at this point, she knows she's pregnant. What I'm going to, I'm going to raise a kid in secrecy and, and, and just hope that he never gets hunted or she like, what's that? What kind of life is that? I mean, it's interesting for me because I'm, I'm like a silly little white girl in a world full of white privilege. And so I don't have any idea what it's like to be a minority, but I, try every day to understand it as, as deep and as well as I, I, I can and how it affects every, everything anyone does. I mean, something as simple as your hair color, it can mean so much in a world where, where like bigotry is so alive and well. So it, I think it's like a similar thing for like a young girl, like a young, like black girl who wants to wear her natural curly hair to school. And then right. she's told that she can't wear that because it's distracting, which has happened a lot. We see that all the time. I think that's like very similar to Polaris and, and, and like very specific too. like a girl's hair. It seems silly in, in the grand scheme of like people dying and, and bad things happening, but that's important to that little girl. So Polaris probably could never wear her natural hair when she was young. So this is something like really just empowering and, and amazing as like a young woman to have this moment. And again, it, tri- as trivial as hair may seem, it represents something bigger. So yeah, I mean, there's so much that goes goes into that moment. And, I, and it definitely is my favorite Polaris scene for sure. And I mean, just filming the scene was insane. We were on such a, a time crunch. We were filming in a real prison. Oh God. Um, and the, it took like, it took seven wigs to make that scene because we had three color changing wigs and, wow. and hair pieces and, and everything. It was, it was, it was so intense but it's just all added to it. And the girls were so sweet. All the girls that were with me, like we were all just like pretty much naked in the shower in the freezing cold in the middle of the night. Um, but you know, it's just, it was, it was great. And I'm just blubbering on now. So no, <laughs> no, no, that's great. I, so was that the most challenging scene for you in terms of, um, you know, going there emotionally or was there another one that you felt it was even more challenging? that was I don't know if that was the most challenging scene I think the scenes that seem the hardest are actually the easiest the scenes that are hardest for me are the scenes where Polaris sits in silence any scene where someone says something like oh things like every time Marco says things are changing Lorna changing Lorna they're just happening slower than you want or something along those lines like things are better than they used to be that makes me personally Emma my blood boil so Mm. it makes Lorna's blood boil as well (laughs) Um, (laughs) like that's hard that's really hard for someone to be like oh you know hate crimes are fine they're better than slavery like what excuse me like that makes me so pissed off but of course I'm not a writer and I don't write these scenes so I don't get to just say whatever I want and like stand up and cause a scene and flip, flip a table over, even though that's what I want to do. <laughs> um, so I think those are, those are, those are for sure the most challenging scenes. And also I'm going to say the scenes with Caitlin, the scenes where, where, where Caitlin Strucker is like, my kids don't need to learn how to stand up for themselves. Well, yeah, they do the yeah. same, you know, like, I mean, there's like lots of things out there that's like, if like, if a man touches you, you know, does the violence, should you, you know, also, uh, should you protect yourself like physically, you know, like does, does that equal, you know, a physical, uh, strike or, uh, outburst. Um, but like, it's like the same thing. Like I w- even though it's never a victim's fault, abuse is never a victim's fault ever. It's still like, I'm going to teach my little girl that if somebody hurts her, she's, she's going to stand up for herself. So yeah, I think that's like, that's like why she's like, she doesn't understand why Caitlin doesn't want her kids to be prepared. She doesn't understand why this woman 
wants her kids to be weak and helpless. I mean, to her, and to her, it's just so much more, especially now that she's a mother. She's like, you don't understand. My kid's going to be born into this world and be literally hunted down from the day it is born. Like, that's awful and terrifying. So Lorna's just like, what's wrong with this woman? She respects her because they, they both are very similar. They both save people basically for a living. I mean, Caitlin was an ER nurse, save people every day. Lorna saves people in the underground. But she just like doesn't understand why why she... Also, just why she won't let her kids develop their powers to save other mutants. Literally, they're the most powerful mutants they have ever seen. One has never seen a, a, a mutant this powerful before until these two, the, the, the Fenris twins or siblings. So she just doesn't understand why Caitlin's being so selfish. It's like if your if your kid had like a natural ability to like if he was like really like a great firefighter, but like you you were like I don't want my my kids being firefighters because I don't want them risking their lives. Like that's like the most selfish thing. Or like people who aren't organ donors, like I don't understand that mentality. Like literally you check a box getting your license and you can save people's lives. Come on. Be right. an organ donor. You have them and you won't be using them once you're dead. So Yeah, <laughs> like, how on. hard is that? Come on. Yeah. No, I'm with you on the organ donor thing. I, I definitely don't understand that at all. Uh, you know, how does she feel about Thank the you. baby that she's carrying? <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're in a very uh I think you're among people who think exactly the same way you do at Comics First, so we're in we're we're in good territory. <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to ask. Um, like, how does she feel about her baby? Yeah, I mean, she's freaked out. I mean, she's freaked. I mean, any normal young woman would be freaked out about an unplanned pregnancy, but she's has an unplanned pregnancy in the middle of a war um, that's literally against her. Like literally, it's not. It's not like a. It's not like a war that's like out there in the world. It's like a. It's a, a everyday war out on the streets against her and her now her new child. Also, I mean that's. I mean it's the thought of like, am I selfish to birth this child into a world where it's going to be miserable its whole life? Is that wow. like wrong of me? So I think to like circumnavigate those thoughts, Lorna's like, f it. I'm just going to make the world better. I'm just going to make the world better. I have nine months to make this world a better place for my kid to live in. So, you know, it's, it's, she's literally timing herself. I mean, every day, every time she lays in bed next to Marco, she's like, that's one more day. That's one more day. I have not changed the world. So she's like freaking out. I mean, she's like just on a streak of like, I have to do this. I have to do this now. Yeah. She's on a mission. So I wanted to ask about, you know, Lorna seems rightfully angry and i kind of wanted to ask uh does that kind of come from her relationship with her father does it also come from you know her relationship with the world being a mutant being a minority and how does that kind of you know operate within you as the actor as well yeah i mean she obviously has a really uh difficult uh and complex relationship with her father i mean being a minority in, in a world where you know, minorities are, are, are hated and, and, and tortured and abused and uh, sometimes killed and hunted. Um, it is not a good time. Uh, it's, it's pretty tragic. So she's obviously has like some inner anger in her already from all of that. I mean, she just gets mad and it's not even about herself because Lona's the kind of person that would like go out in flames, uh, like would die if she was like saving people's lives. I mean, she doesn't even care. She puts herself and her baby unborn child in danger every day, risking, risking both their lives to save people. So it's not even about, it's not even like about herself. It's just about the wrong thing just makes her so angry when it's like so clearly the wrong thing. She gets just like, it infuriates her and she gets like so livid. She can't even control her powers. And yeah. And like having that, that like underlying thing where she, everything she does she knows is compared to her father. Everything she does, even though no one would say it to her face, every single thing she does is compared to her father and how her father was and what he did and if he was a bad guy and how he was a villain and how he hurt humans and and um how he was like stubborn and thought he was right about everything and um how he turned you know, turned on the mutant race and like decided to do his own thing. But like was he wrong? It, it's just it's it's difficult when it's it's like Marco's question sometimes if Lorna's too happy, he'll be like, are you having a manic episode? Which is super offensive. And it's like the same thing for when she's like being, making decisions like for the mutant underground. If she's like, we have to fight for ourselves. You know, she knows people are thinking, Oh, is she just saying that because she's Magneto's daughter or is she saying that because she actually believes it. I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a catch 22 because if she does it because she believes in it, they're going to say it's because of her father. And if she doesn't do it, they're going to be like, oh, you're just doing it because you don't want to do it because of your father. I mean, it's she can never win. So she kind of just has a point where she has to be like, 
forget everything. I'm going to do what I believe in, no matter what people say, because who cares what people say if you're helping people, if you're saving people's lives. Yeah, and the thing is with Magneto, the, the, the most compelling thing about his argument is that, hey, I lived through the Holocaust. This happened. People are still evil. This is going to happen again. Exactly. No, totally. And it's going to happen and it's happening now. I mean, that's why like people think people think it's so weird. I use the word Nazi so much in my interviews, but I want like people to like really understand what the show is about. It's not about like bigots or like people who are prejudiced. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like I want to use a really harsh, really like scary words that people under, I'm not even going to say neo-Nazi and Nazi is Nazi. I'm like, gonna. I just want to like say what I mean and not like sugarcoat it. So, and that's literally what Magneto, you know, Magneto was literally a Nazi hunter. So I, I think it, it totally like, you know, is connected and, and like, yeah, Magneto was right, you know, straight up. So does she feel that way? Or is she torn between kind of the Xavier ideology of, you know, let, let, let's kind of um, cohabitate versus the Magneto ideology of we need to protect ourselves. You're the enemy. Where does she kind of fall on that kind of spectrum? I mean, it's hard. It's hard when every human you put in contact to wants to hurt mutants. Lorna's never met a human that... Um, empathizes with mutants ever she's never met one before um so for her you know it's kind of like are all humans bad or is it just the bad ones that are bad and i don't i think she obviously lies more towards the magneto uh you know theory on the on the spectrum of, of xavier to um magneto but I, I don't know if she's really lost in between. I'm I'm going to admit it. And I think I'm like supposed to be like, oh, she's confused. And maybe she thinks that they can live peacefully together. But I honestly don't think she does think that. I think that's very much Marcos's thinking. And, and Lorna's kind of just sick of it all. If she sees any more of her friends die, it's just, you know, it's the end. It's the end for her. She like, she can't live in a world anymore where this is happening and she's helpless to do anything about it. If that drives her crazy, that's going to actually make her totally explode and have a mental breakdown. What's so awesome is that, you know, there's the, that sort of reckoning inside Lorna and then there's the reckoning in real life that's happening, you know, with the Harvey Weinsteins and now with Trump and stuff like that. And it's, you know, it really is super powerful to have that on screen, you know, as kind of a mirror for what's going on here. And I, and I'm sure that, and like you said, that's something like you're super passionate about too. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it's just, there's no time. I know people say it, like people say a lot of stuff about like, if you have a, if you have a voice, use it. But like, seriously, if you have a voice, if you were blessed with a voice, what, whatever that what may be from white privilege, from you being like an old, uh, an old man uh, from money, whatever your platform is, um, use it. Uh, because these people get away with everything and anything under the sun. And like to people like me, that seems like ridiculous and like shocking and like deplorable. And like, how does this happen? It just seems unrealistic. And, and, and I can't even fathom these things, but they do happen all the time in real life right now, not on the shows, not in the comics in real life. So I, I totally agree with Lorna where she's like, let's rip, let's like, let's, let's pull up the carpets. Let's pull, like, let's air out everyone's lawn. Let's open up the closets and find the skeletons in them. Like th this is like, there's no like good people will rise to the top. If you're truly good, you'll be fine. But until if you're not good, I'm going to go after you. So she's just sort of like, that's where we are right now in the world. The world is in such a terrible low place. We're like awful, like horrible, evil, evil, evil people are ruling the world. And it's sort of similar to what's happening in real life. <laughs> and by sort of similar, I mean exact, exactly what's happening. Yeah. I actually got confused between the two. I actually thought we were talking about real life and we were talking about the show. That's oh, how yes. analogous oh, well, they are. talking about real life. No, isn't that horrible, <laughs> though? Isn't that so sad that there, were, there was a moment where we're like, oh, wait, superheroes? Wait, no, what? Oh, oh, we weren't talking about real life? I mean, yeah, that's literally what's happening. And it's just like, and by when I say what's happening, when I say it's it's what's happening, I mean it's been happening for forever since the beginning of man since the beginning of time people have abused power people will claim that they want great great greatness for the uh the um you know for the greater populace but that's not what they want they just want to abuse power and it's horrible and no one no one person especially in this country where it's like in our literature and our rights nobody gets to decide what freedoms and what rights belong to which people i mean that's totally against what we're what we what we are we're a, a beautiful and like you know right now I shouldn't be super proud to be an American, but you know, at the end of the day, like our country, what it's supposed to be is like a beautiful melting pot of like amazing, like 
different people and different cultures and like we're supposed to love and cherish every life like because how the heck are we even here if you think about the world like humans are amazing the amount of intelligence empathy we have the fact that like humans can like create other humans and like push them out of their bodies I mean it's insane so all of this nonsense about like they're different than me and I don't understand them and that's scary to me so I'm going to bully them or hate them or or make them miserable that is such nonsense we are our intelligence is elevated above that so the only reason that there's still hatred and like bigotry and awful 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 evil in the world is just because because we choose to be that way i mean we're smarter than that i think but it's awful anyway sorry no 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 i mean we allow it to happen we allow the world to be like this and you know i I always feel when people get angry at the media i do see of course you know i I mean fox news is, is an abomination but you know the media is just a reflection of who we are as a society i feel like so much so you know, I, I think we need to start taking responsibility for ourselves. And, you know, I, I could launch into this whole thing that Jimmy Carter tried and then now we all hate him and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's that's for that's for another conversation, I think. Um, <laughs> so that's its own uh, thing, yeah. Um, so what about when, when when did you feel like you got a full grasp of the character? I mean, you talked about, I, I forget if it was the director or another actor saying that, you know, you and Lorna had kind of fused. And I, I kind of wanted to, to ask when that happened for you. Like, was it during your preparation? Was it during the script? Was it, you know, while you were uh, in a scene on set? I honestly, and this is going to sound so, and this is like the weirdest thing I've ever said in my life, because like, at the end of the day, like, as much as I love The Gifted, and I like believe that like, it has a greater message for everyone, like, at the end of the day, television is you know, besides being entertainment, and if it has a meaning, I believe our show does have a meaning, but some television is just like entertainment, and it just sells like commercial advertising space. So, you know, I love our show, and I think it's amazing. But so this seems really a weird thing to say, because, you know, I'm not a doctor, and I'm not saving minds. But like, from day one, before I've even seen before I even filmed a single scene, like, everyone was telling me, like, you are Lorna. Like, I remember, like, Derek Hoffman, one of our Marvel producers, just being like, look, dude, like, you're you're Polaris. Like you are Polaris. And I like never fully understood that, but I think it was like a thing that like other people saw. I mean, I don't even think, no, if I still really fully, I understand it. Like I can like process that. I like can uh, like unbiasedly view that me and Polaris are very similar. And we, we hold the same like things uh, like dear to, dear to our, close to our hearts. And, like we, we hold people to certain standards and we like believe in the same things. But like, it, I think it's just like a thing that's been apparent to people from the beginning that like, I never really fully knew myself until I like really got to know Lorna and I don't know I don't know when it kicked in I think I've always it's like sort of like what you always things you always know about yourself I feel like I always sort of knew that I really really liked her but I I didn't really figure out that it was because we're the same person (laughs) until like recently (laughs) except for she has like cool powers whatever (laughs) oh she has awesome you know I was gonna ask too like do you ever because I do this and I'm not even playing the role but do you ever run around and pretend like you have magnet powers because sometimes I'm like are you kidding me all the time wait what do you do no tell me yeah oh, all the I time do? but you tell oh, me what you do i'm first. like i'm like the remote is just out of reach i'm like just 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 <laughs> i just need that, that that power or i'm like you know my, my coffee is in the other room if i could just teleport it right here and yeah oh and, my yeah. gosh i love that no um <laughs> i do that all the time and awesome. i actually it's so funny because i was talking to sean the other day a few not the other day a few weeks ago and i was like i keep dreaming as like i'm still me but i like have polaris's powers like oh, i keep having so dreams cool. as her and he's like dude he's like that's crazy you're dreaming in character that's like nuts that's so weird and then well it's no it gets worse and then i remember one day we were driving i think we were in a transpo van going to set and there were or who was i with i was just i forget who i was with but i was with somebody and there was like two cars that were like getting too close to each other. Like I like I remember like super vividly. They were like to my to my right and like a little bit far far away. And I was like, and I literally just was like in my head. I was like, that's an accident waiting to happen. And then I literally threw my hand up as if I was like saving those cars. Like it was so weird. And I literally just like did it. It wasn't even like a, a a bit or a gag. I just like did it without thinking, and it was so weird. And I literally was like, "I'm a crazy person." Like it was like the one moment where I was like, "Ooh, this isn't good. This is really scary. Like this is weird." <laughs> You're having like a black swan moment. No, totally. And I always like make jokes where I'm like, "Yeah, I tried to move. I'm trying to move traffic with my hands," which like is just goofy, and I know it's silly, but I actually had a legit moment where I, for a second, thought I had Polaris powers, which is like probably not like 
healthy, <laughs> but like legit, I thought I was going to save those people. Anyway, they did not get into an accident. So it all worked out. Awesome. But like that, I just remember that moment. And I was like, what did I just do? What did I actually just do? <laughs> anyway, crazy. I'm crazy. No, I think it's all. And well, it goes to show what a good person you are. Cause I'm just trying to get the remote and you're like saving lives with your fake powers. You know, <laughs> like bring me that Java. Yeah, <laughs> well, no. I don't know. I feel like if anyone had that, I don't know. It's so funny. People are always like, what would you do if you had Polaris's powers for a day? And like, everyone expects me to be like, I would like rob a laundromat. I'd take all the quarters or I don't know. But like straight up, what would I do if I had, if I was like a metal vendor, I would go work with the, the like, like police or the firefighters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, really, what would I do? Like save people. Like, come on. Right? I mean, I'd probably steal some quarters out of some parking meters too. But <laughs> And you can make some like really badass sculptures. Yeah, right. Make art. I mean, I'm like by no means a visual artist in real life. Like I have no skill for drawing or anything. Like couldn't do pottery, could not do a single thing. Can't paint, but uh but maybe with my powers I could. Wait, so are you still a student? Because I read that you were you you have a degree in mechanical engineering, is that right? No, I I don't have a degree. I'm working towards a degree in mechanical engineering. It's it's so weird. I do so many things. I have a lot of interests. Um, but like when I was in high school and middle school ish age, like when I was in school, I did this robotics program called First Robotics. I read about that. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like this. It's like so cool because it it's basically for free, and these big huge companies donate like thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars to these like teams, these robotics teams for kids to learn engineering skills, like controls engineering, um, even just like business skills, mechanical engineering, fabrication, design, programming, all these things. And it's great because kids don't have access to that. You know, that's like really hard. And if, and if you do have access to that, that's really expensive, you know, like, so I just think it's like a really great opportunity for kids to get like hands-on sort of, uh, like life and business and work experience. So it's a great program. And then after I graduated from the program, even though I wasn't in school yet, I um, started teaching for the program um, because I had already gone through it. And yeah, so I, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little old to not have a degree, but I just, you know, you sign these six year contracts to shows and you sell your life away to Fox or NBC or whoever. But yeah, I'm really, I'm just really into like young, especially young women just kidding. And by young women, I mean, I mean girls, like, like, like children. I mean, like the tests say that girls start showing uh, disinterest in math and science in like third grade, but they have more interest in it than like their male counterparts before that. So I just think like there's some weird societal nonsense where girls think they shouldn't do math or science. And I, and as much as I wish that was like a wife's tale, no, it's the truth. So I'm like really invested in just like young, young people getting, um, you know, getting just like getting I mean growing up my mom did something we called after schooling so like I would do my normal school and then I'd come home and like I was always really interested in math and science and so we would do like special special like labs and math lessons just because that's where my interest fell but like and I think there's so many great opportunities for kids who are interested in like the arts like there are a lot of amazing art arts programs like theater and, and dance and all these great things and music. Um, but there's like nothing really for students who like sort of are left brain and like really like want to want to use their math skills as dorky as that sounds. It's just something I've always, I loved. I don't know. I mean, in general, we just need more, more youth programs for, ev- for every interest. Totally. You know, so I went, I also went to school pretty late. I think in my mid thirties, uh, I went to Columbia and I took one computer science class that I dropped when, he said, uh, if you don't know what log to the N is, I don't know how you got into the school and you shouldn't be in this class. So I was like, I need to get out of this class. I was like, I have, I'm like, I don't, I was like, is that math? I, I had no idea. So um, I, was like, I, just, I was like, I don't even know. Like, like, Bye. Yeah, I was like, I was like, shit, I've been coding for 10 years. I don't know what I never came across log to the N before. Um, so eventually someone told me it was a logarithm. Um, but you know, sitting in that class, there was one woman in a class of 150 people in a, in a computer science class. And I was like, what is this? Oh, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. So, but it's just how things are. Yeah. And hopefully not for much longer. Cause it's really good that you're doing, you know, programs like this and hopefully a lot more will pop over, pop up all across the country. Totally. Yeah. I mean, right now the first, the program first is international and I just like, it's just like, it's important just because how many more, 
how many more doctors could we have, like women doctors? You know what I mean? Like how many more like engineers could we potentially have, like saving lives, you know, making robotic prosthesis for, you know, amputee victims. And, and you know, it's just like so, there could be so many more people doing amazing things. Not that things in the arts aren't super valuable and obviously are super important. And, and there is a total lack in arts education, if we're going to be honest, which is very sad. I'd say the only um, section not lacking is uh, athletics. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was definitely like that way in my high school. Is an, Ameri- an, an American favorite, which, which uh, honestly, it seems, uh, well, I'm not going to say anything negative about athletics. I, you know, kids get a lot of discipline and a lot of, I mean, with like the obesity rates in childhood right now, th- those are also important too. I really can't say anything negative about any programs for, for kids, but I just think you know, things that I value are, are uh, you know, arts and, and, and sciences. So, you know, yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my only thing, my only caution would be uh, about athletics is, you know, all all that we're learning about playing football and the damage it does to the brain, which is terrifying. It's horrible. It's off. It's just, oh gosh, it's so tragic what it can do. It's really bad. And it's, and it's, I mean, I don't know. All I'm going to say is my kids won't be playing football. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. No, same here. Yeah. And I just don't get, yeah. I don't get why we can't as a society be like, hey, this is killing people and they're killing other people. Can we just figure something out and maybe stop this? And maybe why we like maybe well, it's like it's crazy. It's so funny because that seems so simple, but it's like we could say the same thing about like hate crimes. Like, hey, these people are hurting people that are innocent. Can't we just do something about you know what I mean? Right. Like it's like so it's just these things that seem so simple because they're so ingrained into our culture over decades and, and centuries. Like this is it's such a culture thing. Sports and specifically American football is such a cultural thing and now that people are starting to question it nothing is being done about it though it just seems like it seems crazy to me like come on we see there's an issue let's solve it oh geez yeah i know it, it is sad it, and i think like the the overcast of the oh man i hope now i'm gonna get super political but the overcast of the trump administration even makes things seem a little bit like less hopeful sometimes you know but Certain things are looking up, like I love what Kirsten Gillibrand's been doing, and I love the, this whole Me Too movement, and I hope that stuff that stuff just uh, gets even more and more m- momentum is, you know, in the next four years, three years, thank God. Oh, for sure, yeah, three years, right? Oh, I mean, it's funny. I've, do you watch American Horror Story? I know it's silly to reference a TV show. When oh no, no, about I'm obsessed serious. with American Horror Story. Have you seen the new season? Yes. Okay, so the new season is very political, and it's basically like the whole theory is like we're gonna they're gonna make women so angry, or not just women, like any minority group. We're gonna make them so angry. We're gonna do like the worst thing possible for them, so that they're 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 this like female rage yeah. is, is like um they're gonna come out of them. And I honestly feel like, gosh, I hope that's where we are. I hope some like minority rage comes out. I hope you know. I hope we can bind together and and pick up the the rubble and pieces of this country. I mean, come on people. And that was such a powerful moment in that show when she was like my favorite, when she was like, I've been a feminist all my life and my favorite politician is Donald J. Trump. I know. Crazy, right? So crazy. Yeah. Gosh, I mean, so nuts. That show, that season, I know some people are like not sure about the new season, but I thought it was like very contemporary and timely and, and very interesting to me. It just was like outrageous. Every, everything I was like, oh my gosh, what? Now this, now that, anyway, it's a great show. Yeah, great show. No, and, and, and I totally worship at the altar of Sarah Paulson. So like, honestly, I watch uh, pretty much like anything she's in. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love her. Also the new season, the actual, like, I mean, we need to address like people that, people that didn't vote for Hillary. Yeah. I mean, come on. Like that's like, that's like a serious issue that, you know, how did this happen to this country? There's like, you know, and I, like, come on, it's something that we need to address and nobody has addressed it. No one even like dares to talk about it. But finally American, American horror story of all things was like, Hey, let's deal with it. Like, this is something that like, I guess to kill your wife over <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, it's an issue. Like if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. No, totally. And you know, I, well, I think that people forget and what we don't take responsibility for as a society is that we made Hillary be inauthentic. And, you know, for, since I remember, you know, being a kid in 1992, John, no one brings up that John McCain said, Chelsea Clinton was the daughter of Janet Reno and Hillary Clinton. And they like, practically laughed her and booed her off the floor of Congress when she was trying to, you know, pitch the the healthcare bill. And, you know, and it's like, you know, we've done this to her and we don't want to take responsibility for the fact that like, you know, she has no room for error. I mean, everything she says is, you know, completely dissected in a way that. Yeah. 
Yeah, in a way that like no other politician yeah. has been before. And I think that, you know, and us, we, oh, we just ever, totally ignore that. Before. We let we, we let old white men get away with anything under the sun. But this woman, we we actually like every single minute detail about every every word, every syllable, every mannerism she has is harshly judged beyond anything we've ever seen before. But why? We did that. It's ridiculous. We did. And her book is really good. And I highly recommend it to everybody. <laughs> About the 2016 election. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, totally. We'll talk. I'll send you the audio. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. Oh, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to listen to when you're driving. So, you know, once the season is over, what kind of understanding of Lorna do you hope that the audience walks away with after your performance? I straight up hope people just like see the the layers and the depth of her thinking and her logic. Because I think after the season finale, I think it's going to be easy for people to be like, She's evil. She's a bad guy. I mean, not to give too much away, but I just feel like I want people to really understand where she's coming from. I need people to like imagine the stakes that she's facing. And I think like a lot of mothers can understand that or just anyone who has like fam, anyone with family can understand our show. If you have a family member that you love more than anything that you would die for, you will be able to understand the the, the base for what Lorna's feeling. Um, I also just hope people have a better understanding. And like, this is really like, sort of broad, but I I just hope people have like a better understanding of like mental illness and the stigma that comes with it. And that especially young people, because it's just like, no one should ever feel alone and no one should be shamed for something that they were born with. And that goes for everything, sexual orientation, gender, uh, mental illness, race, whatever race is. I mean, what your ancestors so happen to live closer to the equator than mine, like as if that's even a thing. So like, I just think that people should have a general understanding of like, there, you are never alone and anything you're experiencing, especially when kids are young and like growing up, it seems so hard. There is someone, if not millions of people who understand what you're going through and have felt this exact same way. So I hope just like somebody, anybody, even if it's like one kid is like, wait, Lauren is different and I'm different too. So maybe that's okay. So just on like, as like a broad, a more, a more broad thing about Lauren, I just hope people, especially young people understand like, no matter what, even if you're like a minority, even if like you're the only black kid at your school or you're the only like uh, like kid that's out at your school or whatever it is, like just like don't if you're you know if you're in special education classes because you have a, a you know a learning disability, whatever it is, like don't feel like you're the only one and definitely don't feel that that's a negative thing because if anything, what makes us what makes humans great and special is like that we're all different and we all have different experiences that make us believe in different things and think different things and even if our opinions are different, it's like, I think most of us have a, a good, under, I, well, I hope most of us have like a good understanding of like right and wrong. And so uh, off that comes like more in-depth, in-depth like conversations about why we believe in those things. And that's sort of where like Marcos and Lorna are right now. Like they both believe in the same right and wrong, but they also like have different experiences, which make them, which make them special and makes their, their point of view, um, I just more personal to them. So it's, it's like they can have a conversation about about what's happening, about politics, about, you know, the way minorities are treated because they've, they've seen it diff- in different ways. And that goes for all the students. That goes for everyone in the world. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think it's a great show. I, for anyone, you know, I always say X-Men is for anyone that's ever felt like the outcast, ever felt othered, ever been talked down to for who they are. And, you know, I, I love that the show extends that metaphor. Uh, you know, and it does so, so beautifully. Oh, oh my God. I have to ask, what did you think of Alex? Like her relationship with Alex in the comics, Alex Summers? Oh my gosh. Everyone asks me. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's so no, everyone's like, Lorna and Alex. Um, I, okay. Were you like, he's a douche? I'm going to be honest. I'm going to get, yes. He is a douche. douche. (laughs) I'm going to get so much hate for this. But like Lorna and Alex, as cute as they are, they're not meant to be. They're not each other's best teammate. They don't work together well. They do not. Their relationship was always so dramatic. It's like if you actually were like the best teammate for each other, like this would not be happening. And like honestly, straight up, I feel like they've created, even though Eclipse is like fictional or it's all fiction but is more fictional than the other fiction if he's not from the original lore and mythology i feel like he's they've created the person that is her best match i mean they're exact Aww, opposites but yeah. they both struggled so much and they like support each other yeah no i'm not an alex and lorna fan i'm so sorry to anyone who hates me <laughs> <laughs> it's okay you know I, yeah i think we when we did the polaris podcast we were all on her side when he left her at the at the altar and I know that we weren't supposed oh, to be. Well, like, we obviously, like, he's, he's the worst. 
<laughs> no, Alex is the worst. And I also feel, and this is going to sound so stupid. And it's something I, I talk about, like her being like the crazy girlfriend. Like I love that show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And how Rachel Bloom is always like, it's not my crazy ex-girlfriend. It's just, I'm a crazy ex-girlfriend. Like it's never like ownership over, like it's not, it's not like a cliche. I'm not trying to like, um, and so I kind of love that about like, like Lorna's, Lorna's not, not Alex's crazy girlfriend. She's just a crazy girl. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, I just feel like I hate how she was always put in that. And again, the show, you know, the show, I'm sorry, the comics, she was originated in the sixties. It was a different time. People wrote differently. It was like not as diverse of, uh, you know, people who created these things. So I, I get it. I understand, but I just feel like now we're kind of taking ownership over Lorna as a person, as like Lorna, not as like this like thing that was sort of, you know, like, Oh, she was saved by Bob and now she's part of our group and there are only two women here but she's my girl like it just I feel like she's always like and this is actually something I talked to one of our writers about the other day and it was like and I, it just like affected me in like a weird way I just was like why are we creating a character that just does rash things based on what like the men in her life do like she's always like I don't know there was just a moment where I was like oh she's always like doing something because of her father or doing something because of Marcos and like I just had a day where I was like I don't know just kind of upset because I felt like I just felt for like one episode things were like really but also it was like we were shooting out of order so I was kind of just like being in grumpy pants but like but then when I actually thought about it I was like actually compared to like original mythology we're doing a great job and she's totally like her own person and like represents a human I feel like sometimes like I just feel like sometimes women on TV aren't like their own people they're just like accessories to other other people and so I really appreciate that we like give her her own she's just her own person which is cool no it's so true and you know we talked about Lorna always being that kind of crazy ex-girlfriend trope or crazy girlfriend trope sometimes um you know when they were together in the comics and it was so unfortunate because her character is so interesting she's got Magneto in her and she's an X-Man Exactly. Exactly. This is what I'm saying. Like she should. I think her, she's enough of a of a character to stand on her on her own. Like she's she's a lot going on. You know what I mean? Like girls got a lot got a lot of trouble. So I just yeah. I like never appreciated that. And like and I I appreciate that even though even though she is still does still have a love interest in this show. It's not it's not her identity. Her identity is Lorna Dane, Queen of the Mutants, saving saving the innocent oh yeah i i i i do love that in, in terms of the rest of the season i think we've got like a two or three more episodes left what's something that we can or you know i don't want to ask uh for you to say anything you shouldn't say but what's like what was your favorite thing to shoot that we haven't seen yet oh gosh i feel like that was i just or did i say ask something i'm not supposed to ask damn it no, no, no. I, gosh, it's just, it's hard to choose because it's, it's the, the, the finale especially is so, it's just so much about her relationship with her father. So I think the flat, the first scene in the final episode is a flashback and it shows the X-Men and, and kind of like why they chose Lorna to be a leader of the mutant underground. Wow. And it just kind of shows a little bit about what, her, what the strain is with her and her father. And I just like, it's a short scene, but it's just like so powerful. And it kind of gives us an idea of like who Lorna was before all this. So I, I think that was my favorite scene to shoot. And it was just like a really simple scene. It was just, just two people, but it's, it means there's so much to it. That means so much. And you kind of get to see Lorna before she was like this powerhouse of a leader. And you see her like being like sort of like a young girl who's like, doesn't know what's up and kind of just like questions herself, so which is excited. cool. Cause we never get to see that. We never see Lorna questioning herself. So I really like the first scene of the finale is great. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. We're definitely looking forward to it. And so, yeah, my last question is, so I, I was super lucky. I got to interview uh, Peter David and he wrote a lot of Polaris stuff and X factor. And we kind of did a little word association and I asked him what he thought about Polaris and he said, would be leader. And I, I was kind of curious to get your take on that. She is a leader. She was a leader in X Factor. Yes. I'm all like angry now. Do you like, I'm like really <laughs> pissed off. Do you like, I just see, I am Lorna Dane. I, I'm like, wait a sec, what? <laughs> Gosh, that is heart. That is heartbreaking to me. And that's what I mean. Like, I feel like she in the past has been portrayed as like this, this woman who has, or actually she's been portrayed as a girl. I see her as a woman. I know whatever. We're like re reowning the world word girl or whatever you want to say, but I still like, she's a grown ass woman. People always, I feel like that's the way people have seen Polaris for decades. Like, Oh, she, what she could have been if she wasn't so crazy, what she could have been if, if she wasn't with that, that boy, mm. Alex, what she could have been if she, she didn't have these problems with her dad, what she could have been like, Oh, she could have been such a powerful mutant. I just feel like that's like, the, it like breaks my heart heart i just feel like 
nah, dude, like, no, she is a powerhouse. I mean, she is fierce. She, I mean, she is, she is a chick Magneto. I mean, nobody stood in Magneto's way. Nobody told him no. And she's exactly the same way. And she has those characteristics. I mean, if you even think about just how many times this girl has been like taken prisoner, the fact that she's even like mentally somewhat like sane, is like, it's like, it takes so much emotional mental strength. Uh, That's so, uh, that makes me sad. (laughs) I think she's, I think she's everything a leader should be. It's funny because like Thunderbird, everyone is like Thunderbird's the leader. Thunderbird's the leader. But like we haven't really touched. I mean, obviously everyone has their demons, but like Lorna is someone who wears her weaknesses on her sleeve, which people don't realize because she always seems really strong. But like, yeah, she's she's pregnant. She'll tell anyone she's pregnant. She doesn't care. Yeah, she has mental illness. She's bipolar disorder. Sure, who wants to know about it? Let's talk about it. Who cares? These things. Yeah, she doesn't know her who her true parents are, and and she was kind of abandoned as a kid, and but she may or may not have killed her parents. Like, so what? You want it? Like, what? She's an open book, and I feel like that's what a real leader does. Mm. And I feel like that's why she's in so she's so important for the for the young Strucker kids and for for Naya and Skylar, the other two kids she's training, because it's important for young people to see like role models who not only are perfect and great and do the right thing, but also people who struggle with things. I mean, gosh, if I was a kid and I, I would want, I would want to know that there are people that make mistakes and that it's okay. And you can continue, you know, you can be great, you know, in spite of mistakes and learn from them because I feel like every young person has like this pressure on them to be perfect and perfect doesn't exist. So I don't know. I think Lorna's great. I think she's, I think she's a great leader. I think she's. I think she is a leader, <laughs> and I. I love how um, brave that makes her because she's so not afraid to just be who she is and let it out there. And you know, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, in in the shower scene when she was incarcerated, when her uh, green hair kind of came through, and uh, that's just something I love about her. And I, what I hope people get from this interview too is something about you, Emma, which is that you know you are very brave to go and and you know, like we talked about, you know, you're giving us all of what you're going through in society and giving it to, to Lorna and then giving it to all of us. And that's, that's such an amazing thing and such a beautiful oh, thing. So, oh my gosh. yeah. So again, because you're so sweet. no, it's, and it's so true. And I, you know, I have to say, so literally probably before, like probably 10 years before you were born is when I picked up my uh, first X-Men comic and Lorna was one of my first, uh, you know, favorite characters. I thought she had like a cool power. I love that she might've been the daughter oh, of Magneto yeah. and yeah, no, I totally love her and I'm literally not blowing smoke, but I have never met a gifted fan. And this is the shit I'm an expert in, you know? So I talked to all these like X-Men fans. I have never met one who, who doesn't absolutely love your portrayal of the character. Um, you know, it's like, oh. it, it's, it's really oh my God, beautiful. I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no, because you, you really Dude, are that just, amazing for it. Just like ugh, she's amazing. She's amazing, but also she's old as shit. I mean, excuse my language, but like there's a lot of history there. There's a lot to get right or to get wrong. Like you never know. Especially, I know people were like, I know a lot of people were like, "Ooh, an X Men TV show." That's interesting you know nobody knew what to think of this before we started so i just like i appreciate any and all support even if it's like critique are you kidding like i haven't even been alive as many years as long as existed so i i love all, any and all notes from anyone any fan anyone who who you know know like knows her story knows what's up with her like i you know i'm open to any and all things unless you make her a loser in that case i'm not into it <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, that is so sweet of you to say. That. So yeah, I just like I don't know. I I really relate to her a lot, and like as someone who is like again like whatever. Like I've I'm a silly white girl, and I have white privilege in this world. But like I, you know, we all go through our hardships, and like growing up was really hard for me. I was just I was like grade skipped, and and I like I don't know. I just got bullied like horribly, as everyone does. I was just different. I was a weirdo. I mean, I like. I mean, I don't know. I used to dress up like Lady Gaga when I went. I thought I was a club kid. I thought I was James St. James. And I really (laughs) was not. (laughs) And I just like, yeah, I I don't know. I know what it's like to be different and to feel like a freak. And I just like, even though I'm like, nobody would look at me and think that. Everyone would be like, oh, she's just like, whatever, like some white girl. But I, I never questioned it. I feel so much 
about Lorna that I relate to. Like, I never questioned if I should wear the caution tape dress to school or like, you know, like dress up my hair like it was a a Christmas present or like, I I mean, I just learned like wear six pairs of glasses. Like I was Lee Bowery. I mean, I legit thought I was RuPaul. Um, (laughs) I was not again, I was a small child, but I just, you know, I like, I get either something in me that and almost like I almost feel like I've not that I've lost it a little bit in my adulthood, but I just feel like Polaris reminds me of a young me, and I I love that about her. That's I hope she keeps that. I hope in the show and in the comics she always keeps that about her. That just she's totally unapologetic about who she is, which is great. And I think yeah, I, you know, it's just it sounds like you're talking about both of you at the same time, and that's what makes it so awesome. Oh, you know, so I just love yeah, that, hell yeah. yeah, I am. Yeah, no, but it's, it's cool because you know what, and, and and you know what, all that like um, privileged white girl stuff. I mean, you know, you're a woman in America, so you know, all women have to deal with stuff. And you know, you did deal through, uh, you did go through stuff uh, growing up. And I don't think there's any reason to, uh, what's the word? I don't think there's any reason not to count that as having gone through some really difficult things. Totally. And I think you give that to which, us. which I agree. Like nobody, nobody's experience negates any other person's hardship for sure. But also. I will never understand what it's like to be a minority as much as I try desperately at my job every day to understand it. Like no one, I, I will never under, fully understand what it, that encompasses. So I appreciate you saying that, but I also have to admit like, come on, I'm, I'm a silly white girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm going to borrow from Obama a little bit and plagiarize, but I have to say like, you are the Polaris that man, that we've been waiting for since, you know, since the eighties, oh you really are. <laughs> We're so happy. Yeah. Oh my and, God. I'm gonna. I'm. This whole interview is just me like crying my eyes. So this is so embarrassing. <laughs> no, I hope I'm well, one of the more fun emotional. ones today you too. You were so sweet to me. You were oh. so kind. I mean, no, I'm sorry. And I mean, like, I'm a, both a legit fan and both a business guy who interviews people, right? But it's like super. I mean, I was, I was way more nervous to interview you than I was other people because I'm like, shit, it's Polaris. I'm gonna talk to Polaris. You know, it's it's just like super cool. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, Emma's a huge dork. It's fine. <laughs> no, and then I'm like, Emma is Polaris. It's even like I'm even really. T- more to Polaris than I thought I would be. Oh my god, you're yeah. so sweet. I love it. I do like, wear a lot of green these days. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, no, if you ever want to run around New York City and we can pretend to have magnet powers, just like give me a call. I'm in, up in Harlem, you know? Yes! <laughs> I love it. We can move all the TV remotes together. <laughs> you can be like saving lives and I'll be uh, yeah moving my uh, TV remote. Um, which, yeah, I'm not sure how much metal was in that, but anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, seriously, though, Thank you so much for, for just, you know, doing such a great job in the role. And you bring so much passion to her, so much more than, I, you know, I even expected. And it's, it's just beautiful to see an actor who's so passionate about their role. And, you know, uh, I, I literally can't thank you enough for it. And, you, you know, you are from that, you know, girl who was bullied. You are now really who Lorna is. And you're helping people who are in the same place now. And, you know, what more can you ask for as an artist, really, you know? Oh, that was so sweet. Thank you. Uh, I know this is like the this is like the Emma Dumont compliment half hour. Um, and <laughs> I know I, like, I love it. Like, can you just like follow me around all day, every day? And not only me, like tell other people I'm great too. <laughs> no, I'm gonna go and pretend like I am asking for directions in the city, and then they'll lower their uh, thing, and I'll be like, Emma Dumont as Polaris is awesome. The gifted Monday nights, please watch it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. <laughs> Central. Yeah, that's great. I like that idea. I think that that you you found your true calling. I have. I know. I, I absolutely have. I'm, my parents are going to be so excited. It's weird if I do it. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know. I think people would. Like, people would like it, but I think it'd be weirder if I do it. Yeah, I think it's weird. I mean, I've started to make people call me uh, TV's Magneto. That's like my new thing. I want everyone to call me TV's Magneto. Um, and I've gotten Sean, who plays Marcos, to call me that. Like, even my like my rap gift, he like wrote TV's Magneto. Like, oh, it's, that's so cool. it's sticking. And is that is that cocky? Yes, it is. I don't even care. <laughs> no, you are TV's Magneto, though. She's legit. You're the mistress <laughs> of magnetism, yo. It's awesome. It's so, like, badass. Um, I think so, too. But yeah, you know, I hope we get to talk more once season two is underway. I'm like already looking forward to already looking forward to what what's up with that baby. Dude, I want to know what's up with the baby too. Like this kid is going to be cray or maybe not cray. We don't know. We'll have to see. I have no idea. They tell me no information. I desperately wanted, I desperately wanted her because they were being like, Aurora, she's the name. I wanted her to have Aurora and North Star um, oh, how because cute North Star was be? the first out yeah. uh, mutant. And I would have been like, are you kidding me? I want to have the first gay mutant. Heck oh yeah. My God, yes, yeah. please. Oh, yeah. I remember that. You know, uh, that, but, I, yeah, amazing. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'm so, I'm so sorry. 
No, no, no. I keep interrupting you <laughs> to talk more about me and my fictional life. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but the weird thing is, like, you actually get paid to play Polaris. And once this is over, I'm going to run around uh, playing Polaris 2 for free, you know, with, like, my green shirt over my head and, um, you know, reaching for that remote. That's everything. Yes. <laughs> yes. Reach for that remote. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I totally hope you come back in season two and we can talk more about, you know, see who this baby is and or see who the twins are, possibly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to root for the twins. I'm going to yeah, root for the ooh. twins. Um, but, yeah. I'm, I'm voting for twins. Woohoo. Yeah, so thank you to everyone listening as well. And, you know, I already said it before, but if you aren't watching The Gifted Monday Nights on Fox, 98 Central, you better get on it because I can't condone what you're doing with your lifestyle. And I don't want to judge you, but I'm going to probably judge you a little bit for not watching it, especially if you're an X-Men fan because, you know, I don't want to diss any movies, but this is just as good as, you know, every 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 good X-Men film out there. Um, the season one finale premieres in January 2018. So until then, give yourself an early holiday present and do yourself a favor of binge watching The Gifted from episode one. And I promise uh, you will love it. You can even write in and tell me how much you hate me for taking away your time to force you to watch a show. But that will never happen because it's such an amazing show. Um, but anyway, you'll find more information on The Gifted, X-Men, Marvel TV shows and podcast interviews like these on comicsverse.com. Until next time, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you.